Boom. Welcome back to the podcast. Why are you laughing? You know any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we are. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about the uh, last couple of weeks. I've been heavy busy with work. Work's kicking up. Christmas is coming. Black Friday's right around the corner. And, uh, my gosh, we've been going in at like 2... No, we've been going in at like 4 in the morning. We've been getting up at 3.30. Tomorrow we're going in at 3.30. Ugh. Gross. But, anyway, here we are. Back at it again with another episode for you. I want to thank... Uh, my friend Mary over in Clearwater, I can't remember her last name, but shout out to you, Mary, for doing the the show and uh, providing the venue and letting me finish up my live album. I had such a great time. You know, it's weird. I never in a million years thought that that was going to be what I wanted to do uh, with this whole side of my music career, like this new chapter and stuff like that for me. It's very specifically directed towards singer-songwriter stuff you know i have these ideas and these thoughts that go through my brain and um the only way i can really get them going is to write them down and try to make something of it that i know is going to uh sort of be a healing thing you know make it a, a reason for me to keep going and playing and um if that means tweaking things along the way after they're finished, like, you know, I have a new version of Turn Off the Streetlights that I'm going to be releasing at some point. That'll probably be on the, um, I want to do an acoustic record. And, uh, you know, that's going to come at some point in time, but I want that to be on there. Anyway, but it was great. I flew in Friday, Friday, sorry, can't talk this morning. Friday, I flew in 
from uh, Bradley Airport, which is in Connecticut, if you're not familiar with it. Wow. I mean, so nice. Everybody there is just nice. You know, they treat you kind. They they ask you questions. You know, sometimes you go to an airport, and there's these guys. They just, they're so unhappy. TSA is hit or miss for me, you know, but you always got to kill them with kindness, you know? Don't act like you're above them. Don't act like they're beneath you. And, you know, don't act like they don't have a tough job because that is a tough job. Dealing with people all day long. I couldn't do it. You know, I tip my hat to those guys, really. I mean, on some cases, they go a little overboard with the power. But for the most part, you know, they have a lot to deal with. So you try to treat those people with respect. It was funny. I get on the plane. And, um, I get seated in the back, you know, not ideal, but I mean, I have a guitar in a bag and stuff like that. <laughs> so I had to get in the back and, and find an empty bin really. Cause that thing takes up a lot of space. So anyway, I get in there, I sit down and there's a really cute woman that's sit next, that sits next to me in, uh, in my area. And you know, for the life of me, I don't know why this happened, but we just start talking. And, you know, come to find out, she's super cool. Shout out to you, Audrey. You are one of the nicest, kindest people that I had the fortune of meeting. And uh, you seem to be a great mom and have your life together. So if you listen to this, probably not. But if you ever do, you're great. And it was nice and refreshing because a lot of times we find that People just don't want to talk on planes, and I'm one of them. You know, it, it's, I have a goal. I don't want to be, I usually don't want to be in the talking mood, but ever so often you find somebody, and I really haven't talked to anybody on a plane in probably three or four years. You know, as sad as that is to say, and I fly a lot, so it's, it's, uh, it was rejuvenating to find out that, you know, there are some still cool people out in this world that have no desire to be angry or throw around hate or be rude, you know, or they're not opinionated. They're just interested in you because you're interested in them. And that's important. It's important because right now in 2023, there are a lot of angry people out there that just have no idea how to control themselves in some of that environment. And, you know, I'm guilty of it, too. I've lost my mind once in a while. But to be constantly negative and to be constantly questioning people and, you know, over ulterior motives or, you know, whatever the case may be, switch it up once in a while. Give people the benefit of the doubt. It's important. And it's... It's adjustable uh, to, to yourself to be like, hey, listen, I don't know everything. I am not going to predetermine or judge other people for something that I don't understand. Like, even when people get angry with me lately, you know, for instance, I was at this new um, venue in, in town. And it's like a venue slash bar and I turned my head to cough and there was a kid that was walking by and he thought I was directing it at him. And you know, it, it's, 
it's crazy how angry people get and they are so quick to judge and determine your intentions or actions and it's like i'm not going to fight this kid who clearly has a complex of he's out to get the world and i'm not i'm out to do myself a favor and probably not go out <laughs> for reasons like that because it's just not worth it it's not worth getting in fights you know even though that may be the tendency is to people just want to get violent these days it's all over the world you know it's everywhere you know Israel and Ukraine you know I don't get political obviously but it's the whole thing stinks the whole thing the whole situation is just so sad you know it's sad that we can't get on a level of agreeance and put mean feelings behind us you know we're all humans we're all going to act human but at the end of the day you know to be human to be human is to admit when you're wrong and try to move forward and try to grow and if we're not doing that then we're stuck you're stuck so anyway, we get off the plane, and uh, she wishes me luck with my show, <laughs> which I don't believe in luck. But, I mean, I believe in hard work and, and practicing and beating it to death until it's perfect. That's just who I am. At 19 years on stage, that's what I do. So, you know, fast forward, we get off the plane, my buddy picks me up, we go eat the most amazing Mexican food. Say what you will about Florida. But they do have some of the most amazing Mexican places down there. It is, without a doubt, phenomenal. Chips were a little salty, but you got to expect that. I mean, but the Mexican joints, the breakfast places, Lisa's over in, um, I can't even pronounce the name of that place, but it's, it's right near, uh, it's not too far from Clearwater, probably about 20 minutes from Clearwater. But anyway... So we go to bed early. We hit the gym at like 8 o'clock in the morning because I wanted to have my head right and clear before I set foot on that stage. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I have not worked out that hard in a long time. You know, my buddy, he's been lifting for, you know, years and years and years, it seems like. And, you know, me, I always try to try to keep in shape, which is very, very difficult because... I'm so busy all the time. I don't have a lot of time to get to the gym. And the time that I do have, I'm so wrecked by the end of the week, I want to just relax. But we'll get to that in a second. So anyway, I'm working out hard. I'm getting on that treadmill and walk at least 35 minutes. So I do the treadmill, walk, get a good sweat in, you know, uh, and then I start. I do chest, arms, you know, back tries um you know uh a, a lot of a lot of chest work just trying to get a good stretch in and i am still hurting and it's tuesday and this happened saturday morning <laughs> that's how you know how hard it was and then after that i got back and i did the treadmill again for another 10 minutes and then, uh, you know, we basically hang out and go to the beach. 
uh, we'd get some lunch, get some more Mexican food. The, the, we, there was a taco truck and a bus inside of a building. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It was a big school bus that is converted into a Mexican restaurant. It was really, really cool looking. And the food, the burritos, oh boy. That with a nice Corona and a lime and, you know, chips and salsa or whatever you want to call it. Very, very good. And the Mexican food, it doesn't miss. The shops, you know, I could do without. It's all the same stuff whenever you go shopping down there. You know, it, most people have the same basic stuff, unfortunately. Um, so, but anyway, that doesn't matter. So we, we do all that. And then it comes time for us to go to the show. And I'm a little bit nervous, which is kind of rare. You know, I don't, I'm never really nervous anymore. I've been doing it that long that I don't really think about it. But I think maybe for this reason, it was because, you know, it's a big moment to set foot on stage after 19 years and have never recorded a live album to be ready for that. And I wasn't, the first section of the um of the recordings that are coming out i was pretty prepared for that but i wasn't as prepared as this time this time i was ready to close out i only had like two or three more things i had to record so you know the rest of it was just kind of screwing off but everything i do when it comes to stuff that I take seriously, I try to put 100% effort into it. And that means, when I was talking about drilling it earlier, that, that is a huge deal. I think Jeff Daniels is a good example. He's an actor that is a dialogue actor. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, um, let's see, Godless. That's a great show on Netflix. It's a Western. It's the first Western that he ever did. He, you know, it's so out of character, but he played it like he'd been playing it his whole life. That villain, the villain in the show, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, um, Frank Griffin is a very feared man. And, you know, it's the type of dedication like that that makes Jeff great. You know, that and... Um, newsroom where he had that huge speech about America's not the greatest country in the world anymore. That hit people hard. That makes That's the type of stuff that makes you want to stick around and watch a series. And, and uh, you believe him. You know, you want it to be believable. And that's how I feel about music is like, you want to believe what the artist has gone through. You know, you want to hear the struggle within the songs. For me... I have a lot of that. You know, these a lot of these new songs that I have are about pain. You know, songs like 2AM, songs like Toxic, you know, they're, they defined me in a point in time in my life. And even though sometimes it's hard to talk about, and even though sometimes I cry, it's meant to happen. You know, I... It's... It's not a service that I provide, but it's a way of healing. 
you know, for, for me. And any musician will tell you the same thing. That the stuff that they go through, they can't necessarily go to a therapist to talk about. They can't necessarily go to a friend to talk about. But if they can get on stage and communicate that to an audience, you know, it's the best drug you could ever do. It makes you think about, hey, you know, and maybe you connect with somebody who's going through a same situation or a similar situation. You know, we're all facing problems as humans, but a lot of us are taking it out on other people who don't understand. And, you know, I, for me, I can't wait to the, for this to come out because it's, it's like I have a lot of friends that, you know, they listen to my podcast and they'll reach out because they know I'm going through stuff and, and they want to help and, you know, God bless them. It's great to have them. But, you know, I'm hoping this answers questions. And, you know, I'm hoping that it gets what I feel currently about my state in life across perfectly. So, you know... And a lot of it comes with feeling. You know, songs like Belief and, um, let's see, and Reasons, you know, when I recorded that back in 2000, when did I record that? I want to say 2019, but let me Google it really quick. Um, When I was going through stuff like that, it was a very different time in my life. My uncle had passed away, and I was kind of channeling that energy into um, something that I thought was a great project and stuff that needed to be said. And, you know, it was it was hard to do. It was very hard to do. Um, but it had to be done. It had to be done because if you hold stuff in, you know, it festers, and sometimes you can never come out of it. And that's and that's sad. You know, I, I have a lot of friends like that who, you know, have passed. 2020 when that came out, wow. That was three years ago, huh? Or four years ago. It's coming up on four. Um, I think at that point in time... I had just needed a break from playing with, you know, other great musicians who I adore, but I needed to prove something to myself that I could do it on my own, that I could go back and do, be that 14-year-old kid again, just starting out and playing, you know, clubs and, and going on tour with different festivals and stuff like that. I wanted to prove that I could do it again with that and that's kind of why I wanted to do a live album is to get that energy that I used to have at the uh you know like little brewery like breweries you know sandwich shops or whatever like Fritz back in the day was amazing I did that for years and uh to really apply those lessons I learned on stage and apply it in a live setting to where you can communicate something that you're going through but also apply the art that you love to it so that's why I did it 
you know, I needed, I needed a different ingredient to, you know, how I've been playing for all these years. And I've done a lot. So it's like, you know, you have your studio life, which is great. You know, you go in there, you work with your buddies and, and get stuff recorded. It takes a bit longer, you know, so, you, you know, you have more time to think about possibly tweaking things and making it better. And then you have your, you have like your self-recording thing, which is like nobody around. It's just you in a room with a recording mic and a guitar and, you know, nothing but a dream, really. But at least you have all the ideas on the table. You don't have to wait for anybody else's, uh, I don't want to say approval, but anybody else's input. You know, you kind of can just do your own thing. And then, you know, you add an audience to that. That's a whole different ball game. You know, it's more pressure, I think. It's more pressure on you to, um, to put something together because you have an audience, you know, you have eyeballs on you and you have anticipation from them. So it's, uh, it's a very interesting ball game, this music life, really. It's, you know, like when you have a different team, they come with different stats and different styles of playing. And that's kind of what happened this weekend. You know, I get on stage and I do my thing and it's the best feeling in the world. Shout out to Devin for working so hard on putting all this stuff together with us and, you know, the subpars and the trash pandas and Exit 39. I mean, everybody just did so great. Everybody just did so great. I mean, we we rocked that place. It was great. And, you know, I usually don't feel too good about myself or I always think about things I could have done better, like immediately. But I did. I wasn't feeling that way. I felt it was very, very structured and put together, and everything went smoothly. I had I had a blast. I mean, you know, it was like being a real rock star. Shout out to my friend Ben, uh, who really takes care of me on Southwest. He gets he gets my flights together for me. I have no trouble. And then, um, you know, I have great friends that live down south that I can always count on to, to help me out. I can contact and, you know, you gotta love your friends. You gotta treat them like they're your family. You gotta treat the people who treat you. So, and it's all I could ever ask for was just, tra you know, I got transportation, so it's just like I, I, I could relax and not have to worry about anything. And the other cool thing about this is kind of funny. The other cool thing about it is, you know, when you fly in for a show, you don't have to set up for it. <laughs> so you could just pack your stuff and get the heck out of there. So uh, that that's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> Which I'm very appreciative for. I'm not trying to make light of, you know, what they do. So anyway, the night ends. I, I say goodbye to a ton of friends, a ton of a ton of new friends too that I was meeting. Um, and uh, 
Shout out to everybody that came out. It was a blast. I mean, there was over 100 people there. I mean, it must have been. It was crazy. Like, let me describe the event. So we get there. I've never been to this house before. It's a big house party, like, field event. The trailer, there's a tractor trailer truck in this um, yard. And it was moved uh, to face the field by a lull, which is a big, big machine. And, uh, you know, shout out to Mary. What a, what an amazing lady. She chopped out the middle of a wall on one side of the trailer so it looks like an actual stage. <laughs> I mean, she chopped out the middle of this thing to make it look so cool. And then she had a friend of hers come in and do uh, graffiti on one side of it and then... Um, like, it was all retrofitted. It's just really, really, really cool. And it works. It works perfectly. Like, you could have you could have a little green room in there if you wanted to. You could have one side to put your equipment on, and then you could hang out on the other side. And, uh, you know, that's if you don't have multiple bands. But, anyway, everything went just as great as I had hoped it would be shout out to the sound guy for getting uh 2001 space odyssey to open up for me that one thing it's like it kind of opens it's a great opening thing for any band and it gets the crowd pumped you know, like you know, i came out on stage guns blazing and everybody was just you know i hope you can hear it on the record but they cheered it was really really great they were everyone was just happy to be there there's not a bad bone in anyone's body and uh I mean, I walked off that stage and left nothing. You know, I felt like me again. You know, I, th I think in the past, like the past October or whatever, I've spoken about not feeling like myself. I walked off that stage feeling great and not disappointed. You know, not disappointed in myself or any situation that I'm in. Or, you know, the bad things that I've done or the or the good things that I've done. I just, it was a clean slate. It was like I just, it was hitting the grand slam, you know. And like everything, all the pieces were put together. It was, it was great. It was great. And then, and then Sunday came and we got up, we had breakfast. Um... You know, I packed my bags because I, my flight was taken off probably around 12.40, I think, something like that. So I wanted to get to the airport a little bit earlier. And I did. And who happens to be on the flight back home to Bradley from Tampa but my good buddy who is a flight attendant. And... Ladies and gentlemen, he took care of me like I was royalty. I mean, I was the first one on that plane before any lines. And it's like, I, I feel bad for the ones who maybe paid a little extra or whatever, but it, it's it's just so great to have those kind of people in your life. You know, we flew, I sat at I first class, and we just talked the entire flight. You know, it's like getting that... Especially when it's a buddy that you don't see all the time or get to talk to because, you know, people move on, they get married, they have kids. It was nice to have that one-on-one -on -one time with him where 
we figured out a lot of stuff, you know, not about our friendship necessarily, because we've always really been solid. We take care of each other. Anytime he comes into town, I'll always take him out to dinner or, or whatever. I'm not trying to toot my own horn at all by any means, because he takes care of me much more than I do. <laughs> but um, everything just worked out so perfectly. And it was nice to have that time with him. So shout out to you, buddy. I don't know if you listen or not, but if you do, love you. And then uh, I got off the plane and got on the shuttle, went back to the car and drove home. It was about an hour and a half. I hate how dark it gets at night now. <laughs> up north, anyone up north can attest to this, but it's like 3 o'clock, 3.30 you're starting to feel the energy go down already. And then by 4.30, it's pitch dark. <laughs> like, God. <laughs> I thought I was depressed before. <laughs> but anyway. Um, other than that, I'm back home. Uh, work is getting crazy, obviously. But uh, I got one more show, I think, before I kind of slow down. Uh, I'll be at Granite Roots this Friday from 2 to 5, Troy, New Hampshire. Come on out. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, three hours of death. And, uh, yeah, come hear some music. Come hear some new songs. I'll be playing. Um, and we got a lot of stuff coming out, man. We got that. That live album will be out before the end of the year. I promise. That's a promise. So I got to figure out the artwork. Um, I got to figure out what I want to do for pictures and stuff like that. I think I'm probably going to make about 50 copies of on CD. And I say that because it's like, you know, not because anyone's buying CDs anymore, because let's face it, they're not. It's all online. Um, you know, and I feel like that's missed within the collection department and, you know, just the memory department. I'm very nostalgic, so I like to have stuff that means something to me. You know, like I have a... Uh, I have a bunch of vinyl that I will never get rid of, like unopened vinyl. There's always those things that you got to, some stuff you have to keep because it's so meaningful that, you know, and this will be too. This is going to be a landmark for my music career. So anyway, I'm going to, uh, other than that, I'm going to try to get it out online as soon as possible, but I will be making those $50, $50, those 50 copies, hopefully. And, uh, I don't know, somebody, my, my cousin-in-law, I think is how you pronounce it, was like, who I've known for years. I went to school with him. He's just cousins through marriage. He was like, you got to sign some of these. So I think I might do it for a couple people if they want it. Anyway, other than that, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Um, I appreciate you keeping up with me. And uh, I'm going to try to do another episode this week. So I can get two out there since I missed a couple. Anyway, well, be good, be cool, be careful. <laughs> a guy I used to work with say that, says that to me all the time. He says it to everybody. But anyway, rock on. Thank you guys again, and we are clear.